Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson, and this is The Road Taken. And with me tonight is my good friend, AJ Benza. Hey, what a fun of you, too. What a fun of And without even trying, we're like insane. You look great. You look like you looked at China Club in 1989. Are you kidding me? Do you know... In 1989, I was at the China Club like every single night. I know, I know. Every single night. The only night I didn't go is the night you went. I went on Mondays, but you lived there. I did live there. You put musical, you were putting acts on stage and stuff. I did. On Wednesdays, I did the jam. I got to do that for a while. But I, for me, it was the nights when, 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 you know, Keith Richards was going to walk in the door. Or or John Bond, or Richie Sambora used to come a lot and all of that stuff. But for me, Monday night, model night, it's like, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, that was my night. Right, That was my night. And I'll tell you, I got a, I got a horrible story. Oh, oh we got it. Oh, horrible. Well, listen, go. I, I just got divorced, and I go to China Club on a Monday, and I'm, you know, I've been married for five years since I'm 24. Now I'm 29, I'm in China Club, and I'm seeing everything. Candy store. Yeah. And they're just mobs of beautiful women. And they're celebrities. And oh, I yeah. could have sworn I saw Alyssa Milano, and I... Love Alyssa Milano, and I'm and I'm just drinking, obviously, not no <laughs> drugs yet, drinking, and she was Alyssa Milano at eleven o'clock, but yeah. at two thirty, apparently it wasn't Alyssa Milano. So <laughs> I got with this girl. <laughs> and I got ma- with this you're girl. Married? No, we oh, were divorced. Oh, 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 oh. I got with this okay, girl. At least you're home. And we went back to the sure hotel. Yeah. And we did our thing. It was Tori Spelling. Oh, stop. Now, you got to look at her face. Oh, back. come on, stop. Look at her face in 1990. Okay? I'm not, don't, everybody's thinking of her face now. Go back to 1990. No, I'm not being mean. Well, we, we, we kind of are. I was much more handsome. And she was much more. Look, so. But Tori's I was so a celebrity. Don't I know, like I know, I know. I had no wingman. I was loaded. <laughs> I thought, oh, celebrity. Anyhow. <laughs> We did our thing in the hotel room, and she heard you um, tell this story. Well, I've told her a few times. She hasn't gotten back to me. But the next morning, I know her manager. I do. He's a friend. Does she have a manager? She does. Oh, good for her. She has a show. She's like doing really well. Tori. Yeah, Tori has a show. All the all the tabloids would say that she's on her ass and there's nothing working and they're bankrupt and Dean is. Okay. I don't think so. Well, okay. I, I listen. I don't wish for any bit, but but the point is, we okay. were up late at night, and yeah. then the next morning, she was on Regis and Kathy Lee. Like, oh, stop! Yeah, that's why she was in New York. <laughs> and I woke up and I go, oh, that's not. It. I was not with Alyssa Milano. <laughs> I apparently had sex with another person named Tori Stone. That's oh my God! So, so okay, that that is a story. I'm looking at who's on on the air. Hi, to everybody's out there. Hi, Eddie Brill. Hi, Penny Barnett. Hi, Laura. Mike. Hi, Laura. Um, do you know Penny Barnett? Know she's, a, she's a woman who writes. She's one of my women. Yeah, that's she's, how I know her. So yeah, yeah. Right, she's a, she's right. a, she probably listens to your podcast and oh, comments well, and stuff. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to so many famous mm. a bitch today. Um, and my favorite one that I heard today, the one we're going to talk about Johnny Depp because I didn't know any of this, and you have to. For, before we leave there, Terrible. tell me about Johnny Depp. What, for those of Terrible. you who don't know, AJ Benza is when when I was I was actually a publicist in New York mm-hmm. back then, and uh, and yeah. I used to send AJ press releases that he would ignore for years. No. But anyway, um, I wasn't big enough then. But I was I was a rock promoter, and I did pretty damn well in New York back in the day. But. AJ was a huge, was huge, and you were talking about Linda Stacy on one of the shows. Um, yeah, Linda yeah. was my boss for a couple of years, and she ran the page, and 
rock and roll wasn't a thing. It just wasn't a thing. It but, wasn't her thing, but she. But I loved her page. Did you know? Great you page. know Richard Battieri, obviously. No. Uh, Richard was a writer in New York, and he hung out with all those guys, and yeah. he dated Linda back in those days. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, AJ was like, I hate to say gossip column, but you were a I gossip was. columnist. I was. That's what you were. I was a big gossip columnist. Huge yeah. gossip columnist, yeah. da- New York Daily News, yeah. and all kinds of other, like every, every Well, I did, I, did a, I did a daily gossip column called Hot Copy, and then I did, my, I did a column that was just about me on Sundays called Downtown. Right. It's all about my exploits. Where I was, who I was dating, what and I was you doing. knew you knew everybody, and you went everywhere. I did, and I had, a, I had an editor in chief named Martin Dunn, who was from London, who mm-hmm. was a young, he was my age, and he just really? yeah, he was when he got hired at the news, he was thirty five to be the editor in chief. That's crazy. He loved gossip. He what? loved tits and ass. <laughs> he loved rock and roll. Who doesn't stuff. love that stuff? Pete Hamill. Pete Hamill uh-huh. came in uh-huh. and didn't want me to work there anymore because he hated that stuff. Is that true? Yeah, he didn't like it. My, he was my Pete Hamill was my idol as a writer. I wanted to be Pete Hamill, so right. when he got the job to be the new editor of, uh, of editor in chief of the Daily News, I thought, oh, this is my guy. Right. Womanizer, fist fighter, drinker. No, he quit everything. So when he gets to the news, oh. he's like, I don't like gossip. I think I want to use you as a reporter who. Talks about the new immigrants who've come to New York City. What? And I, that's what I said. I said, I want to learn about Pam Anderson's new tits. <laughs> that's what people want to know about. He didn't like it. Oh. Um, so uh, everything changed when Martin Dunn was let go and Pete Hamill came in. And I was going to be fired, but they gave me the option to resign. So I resigned. But um, We're going we're gonna to go through your yeah. whole career. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, where was I going? Oh, so t- tell me about the Johnny Depp thing, because well, I... Well, if you love Johnny Depp, which I don't, do. we all do, don't read the Rolling Stone profile, because it's terrible, it's very sad. He is, he's completely loaded all day, drunk all day, stoned all day, Now is he this, lost has, how, all his money. Has, how long has this been going on? How long does it take to lose $650 million? Well, I heard you say that he had like five apartments on the same yeah, floor. Yeah, like a ridiculous they, amount of things on the island. He just, you know, with that kind of money, with all the money from the pirates, that's where the majority yeah, yeah, of money yeah. comes. The pirates, they don't do shit in America, but overseas they do. They all the merchandising alone. Yeah. So he would buy five houses on the same block. He would buy five apartments in the same building. He bought a castle in London, a castle in France, a yacht that was 160 feet, an island in the Caribbean, out of it, $20,000 a month on wine. Just crazy stuff. Yeah. So it's all, it's all coming to roost, and he's lost. Well, doesn't he have all those things to sell now? Not so much. He wants much. to buy an old yacht. The island, I get, well, look, I, I put out a, a plan for him, like as if I know money, but I'm like, you got to get rid of everything, keep one house, get rid of all the hangers on, get rid of the island, get rid of the boat, just get rid of everything and, you know, get back on top. You're a great actor. Is he working? Yeah, there are things he's doing here and there, but he's gotten down to such a, a, a an alarmingly low weight. It's oh. hard to look at him. I have not seen he him. He looks like... I, I met him, by the way, about a year and a half ago, and he took my book. He was really Yeah, lovely. I saw that picture. He was so lovely to me. I know. He's a great guy. He's like, I, really... I, yeah, I know. Johnny's like that. He's very simpatico. Mm-hmm. When I was hanging out with Winona Ryder, um, she told me a lot about Johnny. It's the same birthday as me. When is that? October 29th. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like I didn't, know, I didn't yeah, know. We hung out. We went out a little bit. Yeah? After, what after, was yeah, that? Yeah, after, after she got caught... 
oh. stealing at Saks Fifth Avenue. Okay, so that wasn't, that was, was like about... 15, 16, 17, 16 years ago, something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, Winona and I so were So she must have around. been like low. She was low-key, down low. Uh, we started going out, movies. But she was, and I was too, we were druggy. It was uh, time for Winona to... We met because my roommate was dating her roommate and I had a bad back. I had two surgeries, so I had a lot of Percocet and Vicodin. And that got back to Winona and she was like, oh, I think I want to meet AJ. And one night I'm at a restaurant... She wanted to meet you for your drugs? One night I'm at a restaurant and she got... And I'll tell you something that sounds crazy, but it's true, trust me. Don't look at me now, but when I tell you... So I go to a restaurant, my buddy goes, get home now. I go, why? He goes, somebody's here at the house. I knew he was saying it's Vilna. I get in the car, I get home in three minutes. Where is she? Upstairs. I go upstairs, Winona Ryder is sitting on my bed. Stop. Lights out. Oh, come on. Yeah, like a little, poor little puppy. And I go, and this is after she got busted for stealing. So she was really like, and I walk in, I said, hi, you know, and we started talking. Well, I'm sorry to bother you, but you know, uh, Mario said you have, you know, pain pills in my, she wanted to get high. Right. Let's cut to the chase. Open my magic box, and there was a bunch of shit in there. And she loved what she saw. And then we started hanging out for the next month or two. Uh, but on my wall, in 1995, I broke up with a girl, and I was a real looker in 95. I was. I was. Hot Italian dude. I was. And, and, and if there's a, like, if we all come from different trees, Johnny Depp and I. We come from the same tree. Don't look at me now and him now, but <laughs> look at him. If you look at him and Donnie Brasco and me in 97, 96, we're like, we could be brothers. So there's a picture of my wall of, of me, it's framed. And Winona saw that and goes, you look like Johnny. I said, oh, I knew. Like, really? You think so? I, I don't know. I never heard that. Yeah. It was like the perfect moment. But we went out for about a month or two. And By the way, Penny Barnett said, I worked with Don Forrest. Don, Don Forrest was just the best editor-in-chief. I worked for him at New York Newsday. He gave me my start, and I left him to go to the Daily News. But Don Forrest was a real newsman, and those kind of guys do not exist anymore. You were at Newsday a long time. I was at Newsday on Long Island, but then I went to New York Newsday to work gossip of Linda Stacy and Don Forrest was the editor-in-chief there and there's just no there's no more newsmen like that he was well, phenomenal. But newspapers aren't no newspapers are over. They're, they're over. over they're over they're over and it's a shame because I still love to, to, to lick well, my I, fingers and turn the page yeah but do you read a paper every day not every, in New York, I do. I do too. I Not read, here. Well, I read the Post no. in New York. In New York, I read the Post and the News. I get them both, and I lick through it all of them. I love it. Cover to cover, every page. Of course, I read yeah. everything. Horoscopes, all that bullshit. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing in New York. It's a but subway thing. But it's New York. Thing. It's because you go in the subway, you sit on the bus, whatever. you got a place. You, you, there's places to go to read the paper. Here, we go from our car. No, to it's so different. It's a, I would walk to the... When I lived in New York, I would walk to the Daily News... And as you go to work, you could see the stacks of newspapers yeah. at different newsstands, and you could tell who was winning the tabloid war. Right. If the post was lower, they were winning. Yeah. I mean, you better fucking break your ass today because their their stack is lower. Why is their stack lower? And you started you, you could you could look and see who's going to do better each week. It ain't that way anymore. Newspapers are done. It's a shame. 
I, I can't stand how we get information now. It's mostly incorrect. Well, because most of our, our information is coming from Twitter, right? It's opinion. It's, it's people. Twitter, Facebook. Right? It's, it's all bullshit. That's how we... It, it, it's all wrong. It's all wrong because... the and, and the people who run these newspapers or websites, everybody's so PC and so ultra-tolerant. The, 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 the last two papers in New York are, are the last two bastions of you can say what you want and still get away with it. And it's gonna be. It's gonna end soon. It's not gonna last forever. They're you know, like I, I, read, dinosaurs. I read page six online and stuff. It's not like it's not the same. It's no, not. they're it's not. not the bre- they're not breaking stories because there's the no competition anymore. Stories. Why Richard Johnson's not really there trying to beat the Daily News right. or beat Liz Smith or Cindy Adams or New York Magazine or nobody's scooping anybody. Look, in the nineties, there were twenty people who really got the scoops that supplied the country. Mm-hmm. They really did. We were the 20 people who got all the information out. So the, the, the competition was fierce. That doesn't exist anymore. Now you got people who literally sit at home and, you know, look all So they're just well. looking stuff online. They're, and they're not going out to the they clubs. Have, no. And they're not no, going to... No. They have nothing to add and they just... And, you know... They're like, just writing what they're reading. Of course. Basically. Of course they write what they read. And a guy like me will go, well, I can write what I read and add on to it because I know the people I'm reading about. Right. I know them. I've been around them. I know the game. I've got intuition. I've, I've been a journalist since 1985. I understand. what's, But there's these 25-year-old kids who think they know everything. And I, I, I look at magazines. Like, what's happening now with the... This is a different... But the Me Too movement, the, the things that are being written about men, how they're just letting girls... Build their story, and there's no checks and balances. There's no judge and jury. There's no investigation. Now, see, AJ and I get along really well, and we really like, and we, I think we respect. I know I respect Plus I do. you. Absolutely. We could not disagree more about politics if there was in any way, shape, or form. Well, but we both love America. We, we do. Okay. Politics aside, I voted for Donald Trump. I hated him before any of you knew about him. Before anybody knew he was ever going to run. I hated that fucking guy. I, I, I hated him from the China Club. He's okay, good. We, we're in the same boat. Okay. Uh, there's a long story why I turned into accepting him or supporting him. Um, you said you were going to tell me... Before we went on the air, you said you had a story about uh, before he got elected. Something you were going to say. When, well, first of all, you got to understand that him and I dated the same girl. I had a beautiful... Wait, Oh, you don't know that. No. Oh, that's why, yeah. Who? I was dating a beautiful supermodel named Kari Young. Okay, I remember Revlon, Victoria's Secret, Sports Illustrated, beautiful. That was my girl in 95, 96. And I got the call to get a TV show in LA to leave New York. And I knew when I, when I was going to leave, how am I going to keep this girl? It's like leaving a Picasso on your front lawn. All these rich <laughs> fucking guys in New York are going to come after her. And all these pretty girls go out every night. And, you know, I understand. And I went to L.A. and I was fooling around too. You know, I would come home to New York every five weeks. Sure enough, all these rich guys got in. Donald Trump got in. It takes two to tango. It's not only his fault. And they started to go out mm-hmm. and it turned my life upside down. I couldn't accept how this woman I loved, mm-hmm. cherished. What do you see in this fucking guy? <laughs> I mean, the, the fights we had, you have no idea. Because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see the word trumpet. Triumph. <laughs> Anything with T R U M P. I wanted to kill somebody. 
I would take the train into New York from New Island, and I'd see Trump buildings, Trump uh, health, nursing home, because his family owns everything. Yeah. So they dated, they dated for a year, and it was hell on me. And one day on Howard Stern, he called in, big fight. He started telling Howard, I stole AJ's girl, and I could take everything he's got. And he just, oh, he just oh, was, oh. it was in 2000, it's on YouTube. And I said on air, I just said, I'm gonna kill you one day. I said, I got friends who I've told, I've told to stand down who are Facebook. AJ, issue. why didn't you follow uh, yeah, through I know. the threat? I know you'd all be happy, why? I know. I stopped them. Why didn't them. you do it? I stopped my oh, buddy. Oh, you could have changed uh, yeah, history. Yes, I know. <laughs> I stopped them, and at the end of the phone call, we kind of made up. So a year goes by, I wasn't married. You know, I got married, I had a daughter. He meets Melania, my ex-girl, Cara, gets married, has a son. And I said, you know what? I was a real asshole. I, 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 you can't tell him you're going to kill him on the radio. <laughs> so I said, I wrote him a letter. I said, look, I was out of line. You know, you, now go back 20 years. I said, you've raised, you've raised nice children. Before you see the shots of them I killing animals, come on. Be, listen, before you see the hunting shots, when you see Ivanka when she was 16... They, they were all nice kids. They were well-reared. They went to nice schools. Well-reared no, is not... No, because his that. relationship with her is absolutely you, inappropriate. Their father-daughter oh, relationship is that, creepy. I understand the touching, yeah. I, oh. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying he raised decent kids. This is... This is 16 years ago. Let All right, argue. I'm not okay. going to argue. Not I'm now. Let me tell your story. Now I'm not looking at kids holding up an elephant's tail. <laughs> I'm talking about 16 years ago. I said, look, who am I to talk? You're a dad. You've been a dad. I'm now a dad. You know, all is fair in love and war. I'm sorry I went this way, blah, blah, blah. So he accepted my apology. And when he was going to run for president, right when he was about to go to the primaries, I had a book to sell. Which, by the way, we're going to talk okay. about 74 and Sunday's fantastic memoir, I'm Coming of Age. So, AJ. thank you. So, Extra... Which has just been optioned and is being turned yes, into a Yes, thank you. Yes. So, Extra says, we want to write about... We want to we 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 do... Sorry. Extra says, we want to have you on to talk about your book, but you've got to talk about you, Donald, and Carl. I said, oh, God. I said, okay. So I called Donald at Trump Tower. He picked up. I said, look, Extra wants me on. You want to talk about me, you, and Cara? AJ, go ahead and talk. Sell your book. Make money. You're a winner. All that stuff. I said, okay. I said, let me ask you a question. Are you really serious about being the president? Really? I said, yes, I love America. It's given me a lot. I said, but... But how many great summers do you think you have left in your life that you want to spend them in Washington? You could do anything. You're a billionaire. How now, the guy's like 69, 70. How many great summers do you think you have left? And without missing a beat, he goes, at least 30. This is the way he thinks. He thinks he's going to be 115 years old. He, don't, he just has this mindset where age of nothing, I understand... There are days I wake up, I'm terribly embarrassed about what he says. There are things he says that are just crass and pompous and horrifying. But there are things he wants America to be. Okay, no, we have, to, we, we have to stop I'm now. all for it. We have to, because I love you and I want to have a good show and we have to stop I'm now. All for it. I don't want the rest of this to be, <laughs> I don't want the rest of the show to be this knockdown drag out where you're going to have me killed. Oh, <laughs> It, it could go that way, no. but I, I just want—I just want to say, um, Curtis Schiffer says um, that he loves this because he loves these interviews because it's an awesome outlet for all the dark news. 
I mean, what do you so, dark news? So let's wow. get, yeah, give us some dark news. What do you got? Who's dying? Is anybody, is anybody doing drugs and dying? Well, here's a great story today. Does anybody know Chester Bennington and, and Chris Cornell? You must know. Like Lincoln Park sure, and, and Soundgarden. So these are two guys who were found hanged or dead. Like Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. And there's a lot of... Well, can we talk about Anthony Bourdain? Because I know you have a lot of opinions about that. But there's a lot of people who talk about specifically Chester Bennington and Chris mm -hmm. Cornell. Right. There's no way they hung themselves. They're, they love life. They were this. And I hesitated from doing shows on them because I don't want to deal with the people who are convinced they were killed. They were murdered. Talked mm -hmm. to a guy today, a really mm -hmm. good friend of mine. He's my screenwriting partner. Mm -hmm. He's writing a play. Mm -hmm. The guy doing the music for his play... Mm -hmm. His friends was friends with Chester. He left LA and moved to New York, and they started talking. And he said, uh, "I had to get out of LA. Why? Because after what happened to Chester, none of us wanted to be in LA. Why? Because he was fucking murdered. Oh come on! So now listen, my friend who's writing a play about him being abused as a teenager. It's believe it or not, it's a comedy. It's a musical comedy. He's got a crazy <laughs> But I like Steven, that. Steven Sondheim's behind it. It's wow. a, yeah, yeah, it's a really amazing, My, like Samantha, a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of thing. Samantha's Musical Theater at Tisch. At, at oh, theater. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's okay. like a Rocky Horror. I love it. Okay, about abuse. And oh. he goes, no, Chester Bennington was completely happy. He loved his family, loved his kids, loved his wife. But him and Chris Cornell yeah. have, had donated money to this Road to Recovery organization which deals with trying to find, trying to help kids who were abused. There's a very famous guy behind it. Hmm. And uh, they were two weeks away from really, they say, two weeks away from really finding out stuff. Right. And they but were really, suicide. Wait, what do you mean well, really finding out stuff? It's hard to say because who knows the, the figures that may have allegedly murdered them, but apparently they were giving money. The, both those guys, Chris right. and Chester, were molested as kids. Okay. So they were giving to organizations of kids who were molested okay. and abused. Well, apparently they got too close and they were, they were getting too vocal about it. So were they finding out, like, abusers that they were going to They were going to blow the whistle on the people in the industry who were abusing children. Oh. That's like the, the story. Like the Corey Feldman kind of deal? Right. Yeah, except yeah. he's full of shit. Because I can go forever on him. He was abused, yes, but... You don't need $10 million to name your accusers, Corey Feldman. Just name your fucking accusers and get on with it. Uh, but Chester and Chris, Chester and Chris were going were gonna, to were blowing the whistle on things, especially with, with, with respect to the people in the industry who, who were doing this. So we're talking about, instead of abusing women like Harvey Weinstein, we're talking Being about... Abusing children. Which is... It's horrible. The worst ever. Okay. They deserve to die. So... If you want to believe there's this cabal or there's this organization of people who refuse to have that come to light. And there's also, uh, a, you know, crazy, whatever you want to say. Why don't you look at a picture of John Podesta and Chester Bennington? There's a, there's a rumor that Bennington was going to come forward and, and say that his real father was John Podesta. That Podesta fathered him with his mother. Not that he was raised by him, mm -hmm. but that's his natural father. Uh -huh. And if you want to believe all the information about the Podestas and the pedophilia ring, which I happen to believe, not, not the Pizzagate, not common pizza, not that there's people being raped in a pizza parlor in D.C., but I do tend to wonder why these guys have all this crazy fucking art 
of kids being molested. It's disgusting the art they have in their wall. I've done a whole, I've done three shows on how could you have this art in your home? I don't know about this art. Oh my okay. God. Okay. It's insane. Uh, I don't ever want to see it. Okay. And Kate Spade, Andy Spade had the same art. What? I broke the story that what? when Kate Spade hanged herself, I said on my show, why do I feel like her husband is gay? I put that out there. And a cop, a detective in New York, who I can't name, got a hold of me on social media and said, you're right. Detectives had been following Andy Spade after the death of his wife, just because they do that. Right. And they kept seeing him going in and out of the building with this other man. Mm -hmm. And when they got them together in a room, they said, look, they, 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 they always want to get a profile of somebody. And right. they said, you know. And Andy Spade was adamant about not letting that part of his life get out. And I happen to think that that, that suicide note that Kate left, mm -hmm. ask daddy, ask your father, is about, mm. he's a gay man, and he's got a lover, and I couldn't take it, among other things. I mean, they've, been together, they've been together for years, mm -hmm. but is that something? She had to know that for a I'm long sure, time. I'm sure, but does that mean she's happy with it and thrilled with it? Enough to kill yourself, though? Everybody, everybody gets down to that question. Is Anthony Bourdain, what, the fact that Asi Argento was, was screwing a young journalist half his age in, in Rome, is that enough to kill yourself? I don't know, but when people talk about suicide, Anthony Bourdain mentioned I should kill myself 20 times in his shows, 20 times. And he specifically said, hang myself in the shower, hang myself in the bed. It was constant. So why should we think his, his death was from a murder? If I said to you, I'm some man, I'm gonna shoot up a school. If I said it twice, you'd say, AJ. Yeah. He said it 20 fucking times and he did it. So if I say 20 times to you, I'm so angry, I'm gonna shoot up the high school. And then when I do it, who, who's gonna say, well, maybe he didn't do that. Why? Why are you trying to prove the, the guy was, was saying- Was all the times that he was saying it about her? Was it no, in reference? No, no. Since 2003, he's had TV shows he's, where he's always related to people. Oh, you know, I couldn't stand this meal. I wanted to go to my shower and hang myself. He just, it was a thing it he was said. kind of his thing, yeah. To I understand, say, but he was yeah. a very dark guy yes. who also talked about if he had a bad hamburger in an airport, it would send him into a depression for weeks. And you know, he, was a, he was a really deep, dark guy. And I talked to his wife, his ex-wife, Octavia, talks to me. Mm -hmm. I can't say much what she says because it's private, but there's a lot more to this story about Anthony Bourdain. I can't stand Asi Argento. I, I think, I I think she's a soul-sucking succubus of a woman. And I think anybody who gets too involved in the occult, which she was born into because of her father, was a major horror director in Italy. Mm -hmm. There's something, there's just something deep in these people to always be looking with the, you know, the, 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 the Satan finger and the all-knowing, all-seeing eye and the as above, down below. It's, everything they do is a cult. Mm -hmm. Like, what are they trying to do? What is their point? Are they trying to tell us they know more, they're, they're evil? And then when we, put the, when we point it back to them and say, well, you're the reason he died. They act like, they act incredulous. I don't think she's a good person. I don't think, and I'm gonna jump another story. Okay. I don't think, I knew Harvey Weinstein for years. He gave me a book deal, not this book, my first book. Mm -hmm. I've talked to Harvey through his rehab. I still talk to him. 
I never knew he was this kind of person. I thought he got laid because he was a big mocker and a big, you know, we know guys like that. They're right. powerful guys. They're studio heads. Mm -hmm. Never knew. But I, but I don't think that Rose and Asia were raped. I'll never believe that. Why? Well, for starters, Asia Argento kept screwing him for 10 years across two continents and four countries. She even met his mother. And there's a, there's a video of her seven years after her rape, where she's at Cannes again, where the rape occurred, and she's holding Harvey's hand there, walking down the red carpet for the movie that she just directed as premiering. I don't, that's not AJ, the way you treat AJ, your rapist. I was raped by my oh, first on. husband. Come on. I was raped by my first husband, and we've been married for years. Rape can happen in all kinds of ways. Did you stay with him for 10 years and just act like nothing's wrong? No, no. As soon as okay. that happened, I was gone. Okay! That's what I'm saying. I understand that uh, your husband can rape you and do horrible things, but once it happens, why First would you husband, make that really clear? <laughs> really clear. Why would you continue to be with him? I know there's a Stockholm syndrome and all that shit. Look, I was. A, I've been. I've been blessed to be around very strong women. My my, my sisters weren't raped. My mother neither. My wife. I don't. The women I grew up with, if a man made a move that was untoward, they'd say, get your fucking hands yeah, and, off. And you think I'm you want to talk to my brother, yeah, my you, father? You think I was a woman that wouldn't do that, but I was overpowered by somebody who was... Then what happened a week later when he could have been was, fucking, when his gone. legs could have been broken? I was gone. Okay, well, why weren't his legs broken? Oh, because I'm Jewish. Well, I'm Italian, <laughs> and that motherfucker would have been down in dirt. I don't... Look, rapes happen. Did Harvey push indoors? Apparently he did. And if he did it once... He needs to go away. So I'm not sitting there saying he's innocent. But as a guy that ran studios, somebody of those girls went there. You know he did horrible things. You know that. I mean, I you know just that have to he, be hard I, once to know that. I know that he was a... Well, let me, just, let me really be honest about this. Okay. Harvey was generous to a fault with me. He gave me money when I was broke. No questions asked. No paying me back. Hold it. I know I'm a guy. I'm not a girl. But looking at Harvey, he's Shrek. He's a tough fucking guy. You just see it. He's a guy that never was good looking. He never had, he never could get girls with a wink and a smile. He had to do things differently. I get it. But he's also been the head of a studio. He was a star maker. There's a reason why Nicole Kidman, Gretchen Moe, who came out of nowhere to be on the cover of Vanity Fucking Fair. If you think she got there on talent, good for you. Mini Driver. There's plenty of these actors who said nothing, and they're not going to say shit because they all fucked Harvey. Doesn't mean he's right. But, yeah, if he forced any girl, he's wrong. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure he did. But Rose, going in a hot tub, taking your clothes off, and letting him go down on you and faking an orgasm, that's not rape to me. It's not rape. It's a bad, it's a, it's a very bad, not a date, it's an awful encounter. But then you made movies with him again. Annabella Sciorra. He raped me. Then why'd you make Copland? Why'd you keep working with him? What the fuck is wrong with you people? Um, power is a very... It's an aphrodisiac? Thing. It's a very tricky thing. It does crazy... People do crazy things to try and have success. And... In this town, absolutely. In that town, too. In New York, too. Well, listen, Shirley Temple 
was being dragged into the studio head's office every afternoon at one o'clock, not to sing the Good Ship Lollipop. Oh, stop. Shirley Temple was getting banged every afternoon. Oh, stop. Oh, for God's sake. Guys, what I'm trying to say is, I'm not saying it's right. It's been happening since the dawn of time in Hollywood. Oh, you just ruined my whole childhood. Even with the, before they were talkies, the girls came without yelling. They, they came like this with orgasm. They did the hand signals for orgasm. I'm kidding. The point is, they've been, they've been getting raped forever. They've been seeing the studio head forever. Because they wanted to... Did you see? Did you see feud with Joan Crawford and, and Betty yeah, David? I hated it, but anyway, I loved it. You know, I hated it. Really? Every, a lot of people. Okay. I, I thought it was so over the top. I it was because Jessica Lange and ben, both of them were crazy. But yeah, sex wasn't as a wasn't as dirty a thing or as dangerous a thing as it is now. Sex was traded as a commodity back then. I don't know. It just wasn't as like you fucked him. Well. It, yeah, it, it wasn't. Me. It wasn't treated as such a dangerous thing, but people that went through it got scarred, and there's no doubt about it. Sure, they did. People, but there are plenty of people who went through it and got three picture deals. Yes, they did. They did. Not, I'm not saying it's right, but it was a it was a transactional thing. When Harvey came around, Harvey is no different than Louis B. Mayer. Yeah, but they're all pigs. I'm sorry. Grant, granted, pigs. granted. Granted, so if a hundred girls go up in that hotel room, you're telling me a hundred girls got raped? No, no, I agree. If one of them got raped, he got he got to go away. That's right. Absolutely. I'm just trying to say that out of the hundred, seventy wanted it wanted to right, but, figure but, out. Hey, but, if I fuck him, I'll get a part. Absolutely, it happens every day. I've seen Michael Bay with a different girl every week. Why? Because he's Fucking dynamic, and you have to eat dinner with them? No! <laughs> oh, come on. I'm Mason Reese, our mutual friend. I love Mason. Hi, Mason. 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 I haven't Mason's seen him for years. Up. Really? No, yeah. I love Mason. Yeah, Mason's wonderful. Oh, he's great. Mason knows. <laughs> Mason knows. Uh, Mason used to play drums at, for, at my, my at right? the Rock and Roll Cafe. Yeah, he had oh, a band. cool. Yeah, he was great. Um, okay, so. So let's get back to talk about you because your your uh, your rise, your career has been very interesting, and then also you took a bit of a fall Absolutely. and now coming back up. So I want to get to your story. So so you're a kid. You don't wake up and say, "I want to be a gossip columnist no. when I grow up." No. What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I Wait, just wanted, you grew up in New York. Yeah, I grew up on Long Island. I born in Brooklyn, raised on Long Island. I wanted to be known, remembered. My uh, father was best friends with Buddy Hackett. My father was overseas in World War II with Sid Caesar. What, did, had, your, what did your father do for a living other than... He was an undercover cop. A uh, really good undercover cop. Wow. Major guy. But I heard so many great stories about Sid Caesar and Buddy Hackett. Wow. I just... And he would always sit me down and show me the old movies. And this is B.S. Pulley from Brooklyn. This is this guy from... I loved entertaining and I was the kid that was put on top of the dining room table and imitated Georgie Jessel and all these I was that kid. So you so you so you were a performer first. Yeah I was and then I got I met my first wife at 20 20 no at, at 18. Mm -hmm. We got married at 24 22 and I, you know I wanted to act and I she wouldn't I, I, they said we'll give you a year to act. Which is okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're a kid, you doing school plays in high school and stuff? No, not no. that. No, I was so, an athlete. I was only an athlete. Okay, so you're an athlete. Did you want to be a professional ball player first? Was that I knew I was going to be a pro. I thought yeah. about playing basketball, but I'm a white guy at 5'11". That ain't going to happen. Okay, Once so, I played against a couple of black kids at 6'3", I knew that was over. 
Okay, so you want to be an, so so you were into sports. You weren't doing so. Go what's, to college, come out of college, and now I'm like. And you're doing journalism in college. Yeah, I, I, was, I was journalism so were major. So you always writing? Yeah, I always knew I could write. In high school, I learned I could write. I made the girls cry. I wrote a short story, <laughs> and all the girls cried. And I said, okay. This so that is what was I your so that was your rock star way Absolutely. to get into a girl's pants. I'm gonna make girls cry. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Miss Camholtz read that story out loud, and I saw all these girls cry. Fuck, it was so good. It was my rock star moment. So yeah. then I met my wife in high school. Oh, she wow. was two years behind me, and I loved her to death. And, uh, you know, we it was different. Back in the 80s, you could both have a part-time job, or you could both have a combination of three part-time jobs, and you could actually afford a home. Oh, a $180,000 home we bought on three part-time jobs. Different world. Right. And we wanted to start a family and the whole thing. And so she said, well, I'll give you a year to try to act. How were you earning? What were your part-time jobs? I wrote for Newsday as a high school and college sports writer. I worked for a publishing company. Mm -hmm. She was getting her master's degree to be a teacher. She was working at the mall uh, selling makeup. Uh And we had a house. Wow. Yeah. I also did a couple of illegal things, but listen, it's okay. Don't worry. I was into gambling a lot. And I, 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 heard, I, listened to you, I listened to your show about yeah. the, uh, the betting. The, yeah, the, I did uh, sports gambling. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a couple of nice packages of mail that came out. <laughs> uh, but the point is, after a year, and I did a couple of soap operas, and I, had, I studied with a terrific teacher. And as I'm studying with this Mira Rostova, an old Russian lady, she taught Montgomery Cliff. Wow. Brando loved her. Alec Baldwin would come into my class. I saw Alec yesterday. Jessica Lang, I love him. Jessica Lang would walk in. Major Carrie Fisher, I got to know Carrie Fisher. She'd come in, she would do scenes with me. Wow. I was a nobody. I was a nobody. And How'd you get into that class? I was in, take, in college, I was in theater. I did a couple plays in college mm-hmm. as a journalism major. What's, what college did you go to? CW Post uh-huh. in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And I had a great time and my acting teacher Peter Alzado, Lyle Alzado's brother, the football player. Of course. And Lyle will come in and act with us too. Wow. He said, he said, why don't you go to New York City and audition for Mira, my teacher. Doesn't take a lot of people, but I think you're ready. And I went to audition for it. And I'm reading wow. a fucking monologue. And we're alone in this room at 16th Street. Just an old lady, a Russian lady in a chair with three legs. And there were books underneath the floor. <laughs> she was like Yoda. She was like Yoda. She's listening. And I'm auditioning. I'm reading. I'm doing a monologue. And all of a sudden, Carrie Fisher walks in. And I'm in, I, I wasn't a Star Wars fan, but I knew Carrie Fisher. And she just barges in. And, you know, no bra, bandana, probably coked out. Just crazy, Carrie Fisher. And Mira goes, Carrie, sit down. He's auditioning. And I audition, and Carrie goes, I don't know her from Adam. Do you mind if I read with AJ? Can I do it? Stop. Out of nowhere. So now I got a partner. Oh she my. does the scene with me, and Mira goes, okay, start coming to class Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It was $10 a class. So Carrie Fisher like really helped me out, and then oh and I and I and I yeah I have coffee with her in New York, and she when she saw me in L.A. twenty five years later, she always say you fucking owe me everything, AJ, because she walked in on that audition. And did she do that on purpose to help you? Well, in she didn't know moment? I was she didn't know I was auditioning, but when she saw me reading this, she said, "Would it help you if I read if I was in the scene with you?" I said, "Ah, uh, yeah," but you know it's a movie star. I was a little bit nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when she got in it, she was in it. Perfect. She changed my. She changed, you know, changed a lot of my life. Um, that's a. That's an unbelievable yeah, story. Yeah, it's great. It's great. 
And she'd always give me shit in LA, you know, you owe me, like I owe, but you know, it was really great. Um, so, I got a year to be an actor, which is okay. impossible. Right. Soap operas, I did a couple of things. A year's old when we get married, and I'm sitting in my house, my, my in-law's house, and I'm going, I would look at TV and go, I gotta be on TV, I can do this, I can do this. And they, they weren't laughing at me like making fun. Hey, can I fun. Ask you, interrupt you for a second and ask yeah. a question? Because there's, there's a similar vein here. When you were a kid, when I was a kid, my father was a master of summers in Catskill Mountains. He was a singer. Oh, right. He introduced wow, everybody. Like, like your dad knowing sure. all these people, my father Jackie, knew everybody. I met them all, all the guys, right? Sure. So to me, when I grew up, when I was really little, like I was an actress at first, but what I really wanted to be was I wanted to be Johnny Carson, right? I wanted to be, that's what I, me and I'm too. thinking, we're the same, 100%. Right? <laughs> I sat four o'clock every day and watched Merv Griffin and, and Mike Douglas like this with eating cereal with my friend. I, I did all of it. Yeah. I know. And, that, and I ended up getting a talk show, which was like, to me, that was the, I got a talk show. Yeah. It lasted four weeks, but I didn't yeah. care. I did it. You did it. But yeah, so a year passes, I can't get an acting job, you know. And then uh, I tell my family, my in-laws, I want to act. I should do this. One they must day, have been so thrilled. Well, they, they, well, really? they were happened. okay. My mother-in-law died three days ago. She I was the greatest. So That's like, it's a, it's a, but we go to dinner one night. We're married, and we go to New York City at a little place called. Um, El Faro, a Spanish I know El Faro. James Garlic Street. out the what? Shrimp ajillo. <laughs> the fucking pots come from Spain. They're dented like they've been. I mean, it's the, you cannot talk to anybody for a week after you right, eat El Faro. Right, Garlic City. We go to El Faro because Regis Philbin promoted it on his show in the morning. I said, let's go. We go. As I'm getting out of the car, now I'm married a few months. I see a beautiful girl pass by. I'm on Jane Street in Greenwich Village where the buildings are low and you can see people's rooms. And I just see Manhattan in a different light. And I go, my heart sunk. I said, I gotta be here. I, have a, I got a house in Long Island. I got a new wife who's beautiful, but I belonged in New York City alone. How the fuck do I leave? How do I get rid, how do I leave this beautiful family? No kids. No, no, no never had a baby. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, within a year, we were divorced. I got an apartment. Did you instigate that? Not really. You don't think no, so? we weren't. We Did weren't you, doing great. Just, no, mm -hmm. we didn't battle. Within a year, I was living less than a hundred yards oh, from. Oh, I got an apartment on Washington and and, uh, and Horatio, which is. I totally believe in that. You I was right you there. You manifested it. And I saw a girl. Pass me by with stockings with the, the, the black seam down the back, and she smiled at me. And I just said, I gotta be here, I gotta be here. <laughs> and then, before you know it, I'm working for the New York Daily News, so now I'm in the city and I live in the city, and then my life just changed. Okay, so, had it, okay so how did you get that gig at the Daily News? How did that happen? I was working, for, I was uh, contributing to gossip for New York Newsday, which was a gossip column I worked for Long Island Newsday. Mm -hmm. How'd you get? How'd you get your scoops? I was. I just went out. You, I, you went the, out everywhere. The first time, what happened is Linda Stacy, who was terrific. She still writes for the Post. Um, she, I went out one night and I saw some crazy shit. And I said, "Look, I was out." I, I messaged her through our Newsday computers. I said, "I went out last night. I saw some crazy stuff." And she said, "No, she was in her late forties. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go out? I'll give you fifty bucks. Go to parties." She don't want to go out. She right. was past that. I said, right. yeah, I'd love to. I'm single and divorced now. Love to. So I started going out. The first night I go out, 
I tried to sneak into Vogue's 100th anniversary <laughs> birthday party at the museum. Do you have credentials? No. No credentials. No. I figured I'd get in. I didn't know anybody. I walk, I'm on the door, can't get in. Beautiful, the museum is lit up. And as I'm trying to get in, Mickey Rourke is getting thrown out. And I don't know Mickey from Adam. And that's when Mickey was he good turned? looking and a oh, star, my yeah, God. yeah. And I got the Pope tattoo before I even met him. And he turns around and sees me, he goes, where are you going? And I go, I was shocked. Cause I, it's Mickey Rourke. Yeah, I, I go, I don't know. He goes, come with me. He just didn't know me from Adam. Get out of here. Come with me, cause this whole party is gonna be downtown in two hours. He took me, we got in his town car, drove down to a place called Rex, downtown. I remember Rex, right? uh-huh. Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door, was playing in the screen of car. <laughs> Mickey was always a kite. The guy named Kevin was driving. We got downtown. And every model showed up, Naomi, wow. Cindy, this one, that one, and they're making out whose who's hands are down, whose pants, <laughs> who's doing coke, and I go, this is what happens? I've been in Long Island married, watching Bill fucking Cosby, eating Entenmann's cake. And, it, and you know what? That night, me and Mickey, this sounds very gay. He wanted my shirt, I wanted his vest, we changed earrings, it was so gay. No, stop! It was like, I was like, I never did this with a guy. I called my ex-wife, who we were just divorced, and I said, because she knew I love Mickey. I said, you're not gonna believe what happened tonight. And I told her the whole story. I made Mickey talk to her. And so began a situation where every time I was with a celebrity, I'd, I'd call her and go, and she'd answer and go, who are you with tonight? Because, <laughs> and we're still the best of friends. That's so She's great. seen my whole life become exactly what I said it would become. That I've got to know. I know the. I'm, I'm gonna know these people. I want to write about these people. I want and I don't know what to say. It all came true. So once I got in that that circle, I was invited into the back booths, into the into the beyond the velvet rope, and uh, my gossip column just took off. You know, this is this is called the road taken, which you've done mm. before, and the reason is is. The purpose of this show is to show how people manage to live their dream and how they manage to merge creativity and commerce, which you have done. You've manifested that life that you... It's important people know I, I did manifest it because I thought about it, I believed it, and there's nothing you I was going to say, tell, tell, us some, tell us how you made it happen. What, what, was, what, what, what can I say? Uh, I, when I first got divorced, I lived with... Two of my buddies came to live with me. I kept the house. Mm -hmm. My wife went to live in an apartment. And I would tell my buddies, my high school buddies, what I want to do, where I've got to go. I think that's, I think saying it out, I oh, think thinking yes, it off, you're right. saying it out loud, yeah. writing it down. Yeah, and they still talk to me. They still, when they, when they hear the podcast, they, there's so many things that have happened in the last 30 years. They're like, I remember that night in the kitchen where you said this and that and this. Yeah. I said, I know, I know. And I don't know what it, what it is beyond just Fucking believing it and not taking no for an answer. Now, it's yeah, a lot yeah. easier to be that way when you're in your late 20s and early 30s than when you're in 50s. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still have to do those things to me, mm -hmm. to myself now in my 50s. Absolutely. I still have to do that every day. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. There are things I want to do, want to say, want to, want to accomplish. And I don't have 20 friends around me. I'm not going to nightclubs every night where I can get pats on the back and hear all the love. I got a wife who doesn't want to hear my stories. And my two kids are playing on their fucking phones. And it's me and a dog. So you got to find something to keep you strong. Well, you did. I do. I do. But I want people have to understand, as much as I've accomplished, so to speak, 
I might as well be at zero right now. I don't, I don't, I, I, if I, if it all ended right now, I would have nothing to show for it except a couple of books. Uh, I mean, uh, I have a history. You have, you have. But that. I can't walk into the sunset and go, I did it, and you'll never hear from me again. I'm going to go live in an island. Yeah, but then you're no, dead. No, I'm going to keep working. Yeah, but when you can say that, you're dead. I've got to keep working. Okay, so let, let's go through. So, so things are happening. How do, you, how do you get from columnist writing to TV, which was another? Uh, I was such a loudmouth, controversial. Yeah. I was good at my job. I, I got into, like I said, I got past the ropes. I dated the people I was writing about. I really entrenched myself. Mason said, tell AJ he's too shy. He needs to come yeah, out I know, the show. Buddy, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, so, so you know, all right, yeah. So I got really, I'm not going to sit here and say I was great, but I was a different type of gossip columnist. I wasn't gay. I wasn't a woman. I wasn't British. I was a street kid who wore a ton of jewelry. Were you like the, were you like the first of, of... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, Richard Johnson, page six, he's great, but he's a refined, yes, he's a classy, Columbia Journalism School guy. Yeah. yeah. I was a fucking kid, you know, from... Scrappy kid. Yeah, man. I, no, very different. Very different. Matter of fact, my column was me and Michael Lewittis. Michael Lewittis graduated from Yale, and I used to say, you went to Yale, and I've been in jail. Like, that <laughs> was so different. Your father, your name is on buildings. My father had his name on his shirt. We're completely different, and I think, that's what, I think that was what was appealing about the page. Yeah. We can see the world from both sides. Absolutely. So, and I still But also, Michael. you can write. Well, that's so, the thing. You, yeah, of yeah, course, you got to be able right. to. Right. You got to so, be able to. So do that. it was not only that you would go into the parties and you would no, live in the life. No. You also you can write. You got to be able to turn a phrase and yeah. keep everything in your head and and know. You got look. That, that's what's missing a lot in today's uh, websites or I, I hate to say, I don't want to say newspapers, but I, I read things today and I want to scream. It's just I don't. It's not journalism anymore. The things they're doing, the way they're writing, it's like they have an agenda before they're into their fifth word. I can see where they're going with the story and it bothers me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not the way I was brought up. It's not the journalism I learned. I learned from guys how, who... So, tell, tell, me some, tell me something that annoys you when you see it in print. Well, I think everybody... You know, I, I, I read everything. From okay, the Daily right. Beast, to the Daily News, to Salon, to Political. I read left, right, center. I don't care. Right. I want to see what's being written. Hollywood, anything. Right. And I really think a lot of people have their mind made up before they write their story. Now, oh, I see. In, 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 initially, a reporter has to be objective. Right. And can't take a side. Mm -hmm. A columnist can take a side. Right. But first, you've got to present the facts. There, but there aren't, there aren't reporters anymore. No. Everything is a column now. I know. Everything. That's not right. Mm -hmm. That's not right. So you have so many magazines, and this is why, not to get deep into Trump and everything else, but... There's a reason why 90-some-odd percent of Trump articles are negative. You may want to say, well, he does all a bunch of bullshit. Fine. But there's still, you still got to present the facts a certain way. Nobody on the left in any left magazine will say, we've written 90-something percent of what we said about Trump is negative. It'd be great if one person said, We've been wrong on X, Y, Z. They never. All right. Well, let's take it away from Trump. Let's just talk no, in general. You're getting, you're getting nervous. No, no, no. I'm not trying to get no, political. I mean, let's it's just talk about reporting but, in general, though. But it's the news. but the, but pol politics is such a big umbrella. I'm not going to get into Trump, but that's part of it. The left media 
has decided. I, I can't even discuss what the right media did to Hillary. Don't get me started. I mean, uh, it's, I mean it's, you know, we can talk about how many things she did wrong and how many things she did bad and illegal. <laughs> you know, you, I mean, it, it, uh, uh, all, uh, all we want is 32,000 emails. We, we want to see no. things. All right, that, all right. We know, I mean, we, no, let's, let's, go back, let's go back to show business. And, 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 uh, and the stuff. point is that people are, everybody's writing with an agenda. Nobody's writing for the sake of writing and letting us decide. And if you're a columnist, then at least have a point of view, which is fine. I know, I know if I read Daily Beast, I know where I'm going. I'm not going to get mad. I get it. But I'm curious to see where they're, where they're going. Right. Same thing with the right. I get it. Mm -hmm. But they're skipping past so many things that are important for a story and the things that they're just forgetting to input. It's not right. It, it, it's not real news anymore. Okay, so this is a good segue to, uh, I was listening to your show on JFK Jr. and it was just the anniversary of, I, I, re I remember that day. I remember oh, yeah. hearing that news. July 16th. Oh my God. What year was it? 99. Yeah. 99. Eight, uh, 19 years ago. Um, I knew John very well. I wrote for George Magazine. Yeah, tell us how that, how well, that relationship I knew, started. I knew John because um, Rosemary Terenzio was his right-hand man, assistant, the whole thing. And before he started George Magazine, he, he started it with a, another guy named, named Michael Berman. And right. uh, Rosemary worked for Michael. Long story short, Rosemary entrenched herself and became his lieutenant. Mm -hmm. So she was my good buddy and I heard everything. And I just never met a man with more class, more dignity, my favorite you can't part. Can't say a thing wrong my, about John. My favorite part of your story. By the way, I was walking uh, down uh, down like Fifty Seventh Street or something one day, and on Sixth Avenue, and and he was getting um, a salad at a, at a fruit stand or, or something yeah. at a fruit stand, yeah. and I turned and caught his eye, and he smiled at me. That's all. And it was like the That's entire all, that, world. I know. Just stopped. I know. And I love what you said today. I well, I listened to the podcast today about the fact that. If you were going to give your wife one oh, pass yeah. in the world, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, I said, look, you know, I've had this thought from years ago, but if, if he was such an amazing guy that I could be feeding my son his bottle at four o'clock in the morning, if my wife, I judge, I judge men on one thing. Would I be okay if my wife left me for that man? And if I'm feeding my son his bottle at four a.m. and my wife comes in crying saying, I'm leaving you. You suck, you're fat, I hate your writing, I'm gonna make a life with John Kennedy Jr. I'd say, I understand. I get it completely. I get it. And then I'd spend the next three years telling our kids, your mother made the right decision. That's my and, favorite part yeah, of the yeah, story. Of course she did. Look at me. He was such a cool dude. Okay, so how did, how did what was your first meeting with him like? What was that? Uh, I uh, Met him through Rosemary, and and and, and I really I, I gave it to him. I gave him a shot. He oh. just well, look. The you, were, you couldn't have been a Kennedy person. Growing up uh, no, in a Republican household, yeah. the Kennedys weren't like oh the Kennedys. No, but I know there the was respect. There was, my mother was in, voted for Nixon and stuff, but she respected Kennedy. Yeah, there was she a thing cried, about she cried my, like my family else. didn't dislike the Kennedys, yeah. but. I grew up thinking, oh, these fucking people, like what, all this bad luck and, you know, it just was like a, you know, crazy Irish people, you know. But then I met John and he just had, I call it a garage sale, but his, Jackie O just died. Right. And they just had this estate sale to get rid of all her personal effects. Right. It's like $30 million. And I've done, 
I'd done a freelance article for George and I was owed 800 bucks and I didn't get paid yet. So I had a meeting with John and he was like, what do you want to write next? And I said, before I write the next article, I'd like to get paid in the last article. And he was like, wait, we didn't pay you? I said, no. He goes, please fax me an invoice. I'll take care of it. So I, I wrote him. Mm-hmm. I said, look, it'd be nice if I can get paid on an article about paparazzis. Uh, I didn't sell all my mother's shoes in a garage sale for $20 million. And he fucking loved it. He loved it. He was like, fuck you. I'll get it. And uh, That's fabulous. he was a regular dude. He was a yeah. regular dude. I'd, I'd see him for, for breakfast and I'd have the papers mm-hmm. with me. And he'd say, give me the post. And I'd say, you ain't in it. You know, his, <laughs> he just was a real dude. That's so great. I loved him. That's and, so um, great. I, 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 I say that he was James Bond with a backpack because he always had a backpack. He was always roll, uh, rollerblading around or playing. So now your game. politics very different than his politics. Yeah. Did did, did you guys no, ever? No, politics wasn't no. even a discussion back no. then. Politics is a discussion now. It wasn't. No one talked about it in the nineties. Well, in the nineties, it is. We did before that, but not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Nixon, McGovern, right. sure. My house was insane, but like I tend to believe. I tend to believe that Barack Obama would never have been president if John Kennedy didn't die. There's no question in my mind he would have been governor of New York and run for president and, and won. And he would have he would have trounced Barack Obama. A Kennedy can't beat a community fucking organizer? Get out of here. Would have beat him. Well, that would have, no knock on Obama, but you can't go up against that motherfucker, that good looking. So him dying, and there's a whole conspiracy that. The Clintons knocked his plane down because, you know, well, there's a thing that people love to say, you know, it's it's just the way the world is. Mm-hmm. Look, John wasn't flying through instruments or whatever the fuck it was. He he wasn't flying right, and God knows him and him and uh, Carolyn were fighting, and they were they were they fought. Carolyn wasn't she fought, mm-hmm. and um, the, up until that night, she was not going to go to that function. And Rosemary is the one. John told Rosemary. Tell Carolyn she's got to go. If she doesn't go, the press is going to kill us. And Rosemary got her to go. And not only that, yeah, she must. That must be. I know. A really it's, it's, huge burden. I know for her. it was. It, listen, Rosemary Oy. just got engaged two months ago. But for 19 years, she could never work for another man again. After you work for John Kennedy Jr., can you work for another boss? <laughs> the, and and the day he died, the night before he died, Rosemary's air conditioning was out. And he said, stay at the loft downtown. He had a big, beautiful loft in Tribeca. Right. He threw the keys. He goes, stay. I don't want to hear your shit on Monday that you fucking sweat it all weekend. Stay in my place. She goes to the loft. And she's living it up at the loft. And all of a sudden, the calls start coming in. Because the plane didn't make it. He didn't get to the affair. And I mean, not just regular people were calling. Right. Moynihan, Barbara what? Walters. Major people are oh calling. And she's God. hearing... So I call when I saw Fox News search for John Kennedy's plane, and when you see that with a Kennedy, you go, okay, he's dead. Kennedys don't survive this shit. And I called her, and um, as I'm talking to her, you just hear messages being laid down. Every important person in the Mm. world is calling his phone to leave messages for him, even though he's not gonna live. It was very surreal. Mm. It took her years to get over it, I really think it took her 19 years because she finally got engaged wow. a month ago or two months ago. I just talked to her yesterday. But he was a terrific, terrific guy. And, 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 and he took a beating in New York. He, he, he failed the bar three times. Mm-hmm. And um, 
New Yorkers gave him shit. You know, we didn't let him get a free pass. But once he passed the bar and he started George Magazine, we had a meeting and I said, I don't know why you're worried about what you write, what your copy is. No one cares. I said, you're JFK. You're John fucking Kennedy. You can do whatever you want. And the funny thing was, he laughed. Like, okay, as long as you say so, AJ. But you know what? It he took... put out quality, though. Not only that. Mm -hmm. Nobody thought you could marry politics and culture in magazines. Mm -hmm. And do you think there'd be a Daily Beast or a HuffPo or a Salon or a Slate or a Politico? He did a great job. Without George? Mm -hmm. That was the beginning of all those magazines. He did a great job. He really did. Mm -hmm. It was a great... And to have a major movie star on the cover every month to play George Washington or right. James Matt. I mean, he did Cindy Crawford, Jack Nicholson, Robert De Niro. He had major people. I remember Cindy Crawford one very well. Right? They, they come you can't forget it. Yeah, it's like, now yeah. that you're saying all those names, like, I can picture the covers. It's iconic. Wow, you're and absolutely I, and right. And the, the big thing with... Are those hanging somewhere? They should be. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah, but I don't know where, but... I, I, my big thing was I knew he was going to get married the next day and I didn't write the story. That was my big thing. Like That was the scoop of the century to have the Kennedy wedding. And I knew I, had, I was having dinner with Jack Nicholson. Oh, oh, this is a great story. I heard this I'm story. I'm having dinner with Jack Nicholson in the village and Jack's with Ashley Judd. He's having dinner with Jack Nicholson I, I, in the I, I happened to hang out with Jack a bunch of times back then. And oh. Jack's with Ashley Judd, who's all over him, mm. calling Jack daddy and all this shit. Oh, stop. Oh, yeah, she was, Ashley was having a lot of fun. And um, we're talking, and, and why Jack was in town shooting okay, so as wait, good this as is a 90, This is... The wedding was, uh, what's wrong with me? The wedding, but the, it was the week before, it was the day before his wedding. When did he get married? I don't 90, know. Whatever, I don't know, 97, 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack's in town, but he was, always, yeah. he was in town filming as good as it gets. So he's in New York. Uh -huh. And he was telling me what he's shooting and he showed me all these books he's reading about ADD and all these like different things about his character. Mm -hmm. And uh, out of the blue, he just goes, <laughs> he just goes, I'm shooting a cover for George Magazine tomorrow. The kid's getting married tomorrow out in, he just, whoa. Jack just said it. Whoa. And I'm eating dinner, I go, What's happening tomorrow? Kids getting married. So I'm dealing with his underlings. He's over there out at the coast of Georgia and it just gave everything up. He had no idea. And he goes, I got a photo shoot tomorrow. They got me playing Santa Claus. I'm like, okay. So I called Ralph and I go, listen, I want you to tell John and Carolyn, I know everything. I know, she goes, AJ, there's no wedding in Hyannisport or Martha's Vineyard. I go, that ain't the only place people get married, Ralph. And she goes, please stop bothering me, shut up on me. And the, the wedding was the next day. I knew and everything and I did. didn't. I said, just make sure they know I know. And I gave them a break. I don't, I don't want, I want them to have peace and have a wedding like regular people. So I never, if I would have ran to the Daily News oh, and forget said, it. You would have ruined their whole, you would have ruined my fucking, the, 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 my, the Daily News has a hallway of front pages. And I'll tell you about one front page, which is so insane. But it would have been a front page. Oh, of course. The, the craziest front page in the whole way of the Daily News front pages is this. When the Stonewall riots happened in the village, the gay club, mm -hmm. the, the front page says this. Cops raid homo nest, queen bees stinging mad. That was the front page of the Daily News. Cops raid homo nest, queen bees stinging mad. We've come a long way. 
Thank God. Oh, well, what? I know, I know. That's really... Of course it is. Of course it's horrible, but that's the way it was back in the 70s. You could... Homo. Homo was a word you said. I remember the New York Post had one about a headless... Oh, a top, headless body found in topless top bar. bar. That's, the, that's the post. Right, the that's the iconic. Oh, my God. That's great tabloid stuff. Don't, listen, when they... Look, the Daily News is dumb because now it got taken over by Trunk, this piece of shit company that runs newspapers in a generic fashion, so they're done. The Post is the last tabloid, and once they are swallowed up or whatever, there's the Post isn't no, the same. I, I it read isn't. it when I'm home, it and isn't. it doesn't give me the thrill that it used to. It's not the same. Next week at this time, I'll be home with a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich <laughs> and a coffee and going through the Post and the news, but it's not the same. You're but right. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's I not miss it so much. So, okay, so, so you, you, had this, you had this journalism career, this big gossip career. You got to meet your heroes. They became yeah. your friends. Yeah. That became your life. Yeah. You got to do the TV shows. Um, Mysteries and Scandals, how did that That happened out? because my, my column was very popular. And uh, at the same time, I was doing all the television shows. I was doing Geraldo, Hard right. Copy, Inside Edition. And I was a really different. You do in Stern. You do in Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. I did over a hundred. And Joan Stern Rivers episodes. is. Oh, Joan. Joan. Joan Rivers is the first TV show I did. She gave me my first television break, and I love her forever. How'd you meet Joan? Linda Stacy was asked to do Joan Rivers, mm -hmm. and Linda didn't like to do TV, and she goes, "I don't want to. Do that. I don't want to do this." Joan Rivers on Friday had, had a segment called Gossip, Gossip, Gossip. Mm -hmm. And Linda said, I can't, you, you go. And I wanted to, I wanted yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah. I said, I'll go. And I went and I had, and Joan would sit there and we, she said, what do you got next? And she'd look at the cute cards and what I was, you know, she didn't know how people I was talking about. Dude, we can, <laughs> all these models and she, and she left. But I had Yorkies. I had three Yorkies. Oh, wow. She had Yorkies. Uh -huh. So I would talk to her about Yorkies during the break. And she liked me and she kept getting, taking me back. Mm -hmm. And then she invited me to a Christmas party at her place, her, her beautiful apartment. Mm -hmm. She'd have holiday dinners. And one dinner, this is a year and a half into my gossip reign, mm -hmm. she stopped the party. And I want to tell everybody everything. And she goes, this kid, she called me a kid. Mm -hmm. This kid is gonna go places. If he calls you, you take his call. This kid is gonna go everywhere. He's the guy. Wow. The whole room was looking at me. I don't even know wow. who the people were. They, were all, they all turned to look at me. Wow. And she kept getting me on her show. I, I owe her, how much do you owe somebody who says something like that? Wow. She was the best. She was phenomenal. And we talk a lot about Edgar committing suicide. And she would confide really? in me. Yeah, she started to confide in me about, um, she said something to me real nice, real sad one day. Um, I said, what do you miss? And she said, you know what I miss? She said, I miss going home at night and not having somebody to talk to and say, did you see that bitch down at that party? Did you see what that bitch was wearing? Or what she said? She said, I really miss that. And, and then she would say it, she'd tear up. Mm. She was a very sweet, sweet, sweet person. But her, 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 her emotions were on her, on her mm. sleeve. Mm -hmm. A phenomenal person. So I, I happened to meet really amazing people. Okay, so you, so you were doing Joan So, so I was doing that. I was also yeah. doing the gossip show which was the precursor to TMZ. That was E. In the early 90s. Yes, yeah. it was the early 90s. It was about like 12 gossip columnists, and we'd, they'd bring a camera into our office, and we'd, mm -hmm. we'd talk for a minute or two and tell our stories. It was easy, and it was popular. 
And you you had the most personality of all the guys. Yeah, the Cindy Adams, far. Liz yeah, yeah. Smith, me, this one, that one. Yeah. And one day this gay producer at E, I say gay because it matters down the road, but I love him. Michael Danahy, love him. He, 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 he uh, created this show called Mysteries and Scandals. And he said, um, he was pitching it to the executives, and he said, I think the host of this show should be A.J. Benza. And he said, he always tells his stories, and there was a conference room full of executives, and they said, he goes, I'm thinking of fish out of water, a New York tough guy in the back streets of L.A., film noir, smoke, blue lights, A.J. Benza. And they said, oh, that's, that's not. And then he said, they all said, you know what? That could work. And the day he called me to say they're interested was the day I beat the shit out of a cab driver in New York. Oh my and God. And went to jail. <gasps> and he says, we think we want you to host Mysteries and Scandals. And I said, Michael, I think I got the scandal part down pretty well. Did you <laughs> oh see the, and this is before the internet, so there was no like, you can log on right. and Google. Uh, so I faxed him a picture of me getting busted in the street. He goes, oh no, I don't know what this, I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh but it didn't God. matter. They hired me. They brought me in. I flew to LA on my own dime. They gave us a 13-week commitment on the 13th floor with 13 employees. Oh my God, was like, that's this crazy. Is bad, that? <laughs> and um, we did 178 episodes wow. in five years. It just, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And wow. One celebrity started saying, my podcast is Fame is a Bitch, but the show's tagline was Fame Ain't It a Bitch. Right. And once... Celebrities would see me on planes or restaurants. They'd all shouted at me. It was like, smile, you're on candid camera. Right, like, right. I said, holy shit. You know, Sharon Stone, Joe, like anybody wow. would like, because wow. this is, the, the, in the early days of E, my show would run 18 times a day. Right, right, you know? right. And then they'd run a marathon for the weekend from like 8 a.m. <laughs> to 12 p.m. Wow. And I was on constantly. Right. So... I was ubiquitous. They saw me, and they just slammed me down people's throats. Okay, so how? Okay, so I'm imagining that was the height of things. Uh, yeah, that was the height. My sh I, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You, yeah, it lasts a long time. Everybody knows who you absolutely. are. Absolutely. Okay, so what's how is life different when you're at the pinnacle? How is it different? It's everything I ever wanted. It's everything I ever wanted. I had. I had my hand on anything I wanted. I had the most beautiful girlfriends. I could walk into any restaurant every night. I would, I mean, I always, I, I relate this to girls a lot because I'm a girl <laughs> addict. But I would have three dates a night at times. It's insane for women. Mm -hmm. Insane. And every place I went, I was like, hey, AJ's here. No reservation, sit down, no bill. It was, look, that's the part of fame that just, doesn't get any better. And then I got, there was one night I got really sick, I got a kidney stone, and I spent a couple of days in the hospital, and the best part of fame is, the, can you walk into any, can you walk into Mr. Chow on a Friday night at 9.30 and just be seated? Yeah. I could. Yeah. Can you, get a, can you get a room at Cedars on the fly and the best doctor? I could. That's the epitome of fame. The best table in a restaurant, the best doctor at Cedars. <laughs> That's when you know you made it. Everything else is bullshit. So I, that was phenomenal. And, and I wasn't really, a, I was a marginal TV star at best. I was a cable star. Did it, did it buy you happiness? 
Oh my God, not, what made me more happy than anything else was that I could take care of all my people I love, my family, the girls I love, the girlfriends I dated, whose car payments I paid for, who did I take to Europe? Oh my God, who, who I bought cars for people. And that's it, I was on an E salary. I got paid very well for E. Right. I can only imagine if I had a CBS show. Right, right. Oh my God, I forget, I would fucking <laughs> bought a car, I would have bought an island next to Johnny Depp. <laughs> I know, that's why I don't get mad because I get it. Oh, I'm talking about that island. Believe me. I get it. Nothing makes me more happy than to be to, to make the people who you love proud of you and to enjoy the success with you. There's nothing about me that, that wanted to be alone or to go someplace. No. I wanted to see my sister's face, my nephew's faces. I wanted to show them. We and I would say we did it. We I'm sorry, we did it. We did it, we, it was just a communal feeling. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then when it gets taken away from you. Okay, so let's talk about that because I know <laughs> Well, that, at the height of everything. You, you told a story, you told the story on the podcast uh, last year that, or it was a couple years ago that I, I want you to tell again because you, you the had, chocolate thing or something? Yeah. I forget what With I said, the, the shit. shit in the middle? Yeah, I know that. Well, because yeah. somebody quoted it back to me just it's like good, two weeks ago. It's a ago. crazy analogy. It's, it's, it, it really is powerful. Well, okay, so, so what happened? Well, I, I always happen? wanted a talk show. I always been, and one of the executives at E always said, I'm going to get that talk show for you. And he held his word. And once Mysteries and Scandals was like crazy popular, right. what's your next show? It's a talk show. They did everything I wanted. I got a show in New York, downtown. My friends were running it. I booked all the guests. It was hip as fuck. Wow. It was like Playboy after dark. Mm -hmm. You know. What was your format? It was just me in a loft. And I had oh, so anybody like from Dan Rather uh -huh. to Al Sharpton to Eve to Chris Maloney to George Hamlin. I mean, I, anybody, people just would show up. So there were there were multiple. Yeah, people. they milled around. We had musical guests on the fire escape. Uh -huh. It was a beautiful. It was a really hip kind of thing. But E didn't know how to do that right. Yeah, but they did it. But they didn't advertise it right. Mm -hmm. I had a new a new person who came in to run E and didn't mm -hmm. like talk shows. All those things happen in, mm -hmm. in showbiz that you can't control. Right. So I knew that was my days were numbered. In fact, they canceled my show as I was going to the shoot for the fifth episode with Chris Rock as my guest. Oh my god! And a couple of other big names I can't remember now. And they stopped me. My assistant, who was my girlfriend, oh. stopped me. Oh wait, what? Stop me with an eye break. Shows, shows canceled. Horrible, oh. horrible, horrible, horrible. Family in the audience, the whole thing. Oh. Horrible. Wait a minute, you told another story about. Oh, you have to tell your Saturday Night Live story. That's a great story. Well, um, that was the that's the pinnacle of success. So right. I'm doing I'm doing my show. <laughs> Mysteries and Scandals is popular. Who calls? The Sopranos calls and wants me. Uh, they want to use. They want Tony Soprano to watch Mysteries and Scandals on one of the Which, episodes. By the way, Michael Imperioli is going to be in the living room. I love next Michael. Week, me too. One of the boys, a great writer. I know yeah. Michael since he was. Have, did you I don't want to say nobody. Book? No, I have haven't. Gotten some. But yeah. he's. Uh, I know Michael for 25, 26 years. Nice. He deserves what he got. So suddenly you're like on the fucking Sopranos, <laughs> like what? <laughs> and then a call comes in. They want you for the premiere episode of the 35th uh, year of SNL. Jerry Seinfeld's hosting. David Bowie's the guest. It, it's what? <laughs> and they're gonna pay you five grand. What? Okay. Okay. Can I take my girlfriend and my dog? Sure. So we fly in. It's the best ever. 
my beautiful girlfriend. How, what year is this? This is uh, approximately ninety. Let's say uh, ninety nine. Okay. Whatever thirty fifty years of SNL ninety nine. Okay. Ninety eight. 99. Jimmy Fallon, Sherry O'Terry, Will Ferrell, the whole crew. It's insane. I go there, do the week of rehearsal. I'm in two sketches. It's we got to talk great. about Jimmy Fallon, too, but we'll get to that after. Drink it. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I didn't know that till yeah, I did yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Listen, yeah. Go there, it's great. I do the thing. The 7 o'clock run-through, we do it. And after the run-through, I find out um, Jerry Seinfeld comes in and goes, they're not using your sketches. You're out of the show. They're not using the sketches you're in. And he was like very matter of fact. I'm like, did you not, did a really good job. I know I can't do it. Now. You did well, a really good. They're not doing your sketches. <laughs> I go, podcast. what do you mean? Well, it happens sometimes on TV. And he was trying to explain like they got cut. That's what happens before the 11:30 show. I had no idea. I go, I got my girlfriend, my dog. I got five Italian people in the audience waiting to see me, and I'm out. I've been here. Yeah. I go, fuck this. So Jimmy Fallon comes in, and I'm getting loud. Fallon goes, let me talk to Lauren. He didn't really know me. We spent a few days. He goes, goes to see Lauren. And I'm like, come on, this is like 10.30 now. And he comes back and they got, both skits got back in the show. And I was only in one skit, but at least they did it. All my skits were with me coming on saying famous a bitch and leaving. Was, <laughs> that's all they wanted to hear. That's how iconic that it was. phrase was. Yes. And I did it. And they even gave me a cue card with that fuck. I said, I think I know how to say that. <laughs> But it's funny, I still wanted the cute club. Of course. Because you get like nervous. Of course. You know, fame, you get nervous. It's fucking live. And, and, and we did it. And, and so it was a phenomenal. And the show's over. And Jerry Seinfeld is saying goodnight. This and I forgot crazy. about the good nights where everybody comes out and the band's playing. And the Yankees are playing the Mets in the World Series. And Jerry, oh God, Jerry takes his shirt. He's got a Mets shirt. And he goes, let's go Mets. He won that night. Uh -huh. And he goes, a sentence you'll never hear in your life again. Wasn't A.J. Benson great? And how about David Bowie? Like, <laughs> I said one line. Someone. And the you know, crowd's yelling. You know, and good night. And then David Bowie starts to play Rebel. Private concert. Rebel, Rebel. Fame, uh, Rebel Rebel, Suffragette City, and Fame. And I'm flipping out. We're going, I'm, I'm 20 feet away. And I, don't, I never talked to Bowie. I don't know him from Adam. Does he know me? Who cares? As he finishes Fame, he leaves the stage, and he's walking past me with the guitar, and he says, see, Fame can be a good bitch, too. I mean, fucking kill me. Kill me. Yeah, that's... And I have the picture of all of us on stage oh, that they, they sent me. So, yeah, look, look, man, that's the kind of shit I want my, I want my, I want my casket. Like, that, 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 and, those moments... You've lived a lot. Are so many hours or days or months of heartbreak mm -hmm. that that happened. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about this business. It, it is a lot of shit. you got to eat a lot of shit. Like you said, you were alluding to, you got to eat a lot of shit... And eventually, if you chew enough shit, you'll find that candy, that candy-coated middle. You just can't have, you can't develop a taste or an appetite for shit. But there's candy in some of it. You gotta find it. So, so okay. So how how did the how did the bottom happen? What what happened? Uh, mysteries and sky. Talk show was canceled. A new a new person came into E. Mindy Herman. I can't stand her. A lesbian just changed the whole thing of E. She could have been, been straight, but the yeah. fact that she's a lesbian, I have to admit it. It's an adjective. 
And she canceled the talk show. And then I said to my, my crew, I said, Mindy canceled my talk show. Trust me, she's gonna cancel Mysteries and Scandals now. No, no, AJ, you're wrong. I said, she will, because she they know I'm fucking angry. And the next thing is- They're to, gonna just not want you yeah, around. They're gonna get AJ out of here, mm -hmm. and they're gonna pay me a lot of money to disappear. And they did. Mm -hmm. And two weeks later, there was a big fake fire drill where everybody left E, and when they got back to go in, their key cards didn't work. They couldn't call what? their voicemail. E executives took every beta Stop. tape. Oh no, they're fucking horrible. Showbiz is horrible. Horrible. I've heard about E. Horrible. Especially E. Mm -hmm. And all my people, but thank God I had a one a girl named Allison Martino, who was my best producer and director, who was pilfering every tape of mysteries and scandals for years. So we have every copy. But mm -hmm. they didn't let anybody come back in who worked. Wow. No, they didn't. Awful, awful. That was the bottom. To be said to, to be told you're not going on your show's canceled well what am I already dressed at the hotel we're going to see Chris Rock and then I spent literally uh, several years getting drunk and high and miserable and I easily were I mean, you living I, off the, the TV money? yeah I was getting several hundred thousand dollars to be quiet that's why the fight happened on Howard Stern with Stuttering John because I couldn't say shit and Stuttering John kept taking it. Okay, so calls. tell me, I've known John since he was like John. a young rock and roller. Yeah, we're cool. We're so cool. what happened? I'm doing Howard Stern forever. I was you know, I dated house. boy Gary back in the day. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow, Gary. Uh, we, we, uh, I was on Stern for a month straight, sitting in the Jackie Martling chair, because Jackie was Jackie gone. Jackie did the toast at my wedding. Oh, I love Jackie. Yeah. But I was up for that seat. It was my audition. Ah, so Jackie was out of it. Jackie was gone. They were auditioning oh, people. Uh -huh. Me, Craig Gass, a couple of people. But Howard liked me a lot. Mm -hmm. He liked me to go out to clubs and come in without showering, without fucking... I was still <laughs> high. I don't mean the filthy smelling, but right. just like come from the clubs. And he, would, he loved it. So And he went on so early. That was easy oh, to do. I, I, yeah. I'd get home at 4.30 and like hang around till 5.30 and go uptown to the show. Right. Um, but uh, John was jealous of my position there. And he kept letting calls come in that were anti my talk show. Mm. And I said, after like the fifth call, I said, one more call comes through, I'm gonna fucking go in, the, I'm gonna smack you. Enough of this shit. And everybody's like, oh, come on, AJ. I said, no, I'm gonna smack him. I'm just telling you now. And then a minute later, he does a fake phone call with his voice making fun of me. That's it. And I got up. I went down the hallway. And the lights were blazing. They were ready for it. Oh, I smacked really? him with my left hand. It wasn't a hard smack, but it sounded crazy because my arm got Gary's mouth and he, he, he screamed. I only got John with the tips, but this part of my arm got Gary's head. Oh, Jesus. So I, I was banned from the building. I was thrown off the show. I was, you know, and in the papers, AJ, one slap ends Benz's radio career. Oh, my You know, God. a few months before was I beat the cab driver up. Suddenly, I'm this angry guy who's got an anger problem and I'm a bad dude. So, but I was getting a lot of money. I couldn't say why I was so angry. Uh, and that's it. So I had to just eat it. And um, I spent, I spent years, years, you know, I wrote screenplays and I did this and that, but I spent years just... What'd you do? I went out every night, got high every day, night, fucked every girl I met. I, I, I just, I had a ball but I, I did it because I was so angry. So I'm not pissed. thinking you were really happy. 
I wasn't happy, but we, we, you, were you wouldn't fun. know if you saw me at a nightclub. Right. I was a good guy to hang around. I had a ball. I had money. I had fun. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the sky was the limit. And, so what know, happened when the money ran out? Did the uh, money run out? The money almost ran out. And then in two, I, there, I, did, I had different. And I, you I got, were, a, and you were I got a poker job for five years. That you was worked a, with Gabe Kaplan. Yeah, I had a great five-year okay. show called High Stakes Poker with Gabe Kaplan. That was a good-paying job. So Gabe Kaplan love Gabe. lived with my husband, Gabe Abelson, and it was the two Gabes. Oh wow! And Gabe wrote for Gabe. So Gabe, we go back with Gabe Kaplan. A long Gabe was phenomenal. Yes, love him. He taught me poker. When I got the poker job, I didn't know shit about poker. How'd you get the job? I lied. I said, Yeah, I'll start that poker. <laughs> You know, I said, yeah, no, no, no. no idea. Well, the, the call was looking for an AJ Benza type. Because? Because I was hot. AJ Benza type to host the poker show. I said, oh. I said to my agent, if I don't get this job, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I had the meeting. I met Gabe and this guy, Maury, who does all the poker shows on so TV. So maybe because you were like a foil for Gabe, because so different from him? Well, they didn't know that. They thought when I, they met me that he knows poker, this would be good. Two guys from Brooklyn, whatever, Italian and Jew, it'd be uh-huh. fun. But after the first meeting, it was apparent they hired me, and then I go, let's go to let's go to Commerce Casino, we'll play a few rounds. And I said, I don't know a fucking thing about poker. You really did not. I don't know, know a flop from a river from a fucking Ugas. I have no idea. <laughs> so they laughed. But they said, you know what, this we'll make it work. So then I just became, let me just be a regular guy who watches poker at home and doesn't understand all the Double gut draw, <laughs> belly flop, this and that. Let me just like be the real guy who goes, what the fuck does that mean? And Gabe loved it, because Gabe would tell me what it meant. We had a great time. We did it for five years. It was the number one rated show on GSN. And then, as TV goes, mm-hmm. GSN decides, you know, we're thinking of adding a girl to the mix. And I go, why would you do that? We're number one. It's like we have the best pizza in town, and you want to throw pineapple on it. Why? <laughs> Well, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's called fingerprints in this town. It may is that say, what it's oh, fingerprints. A new executive comes in and sees, we've got a great uh, show. I want to do something to the show to make uh, it mine, too. Mm. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, of course, they threw a, they, a female comes in and I had a big fight. I said, You get rid of me. This is bad for me. You're going to fucking really hurt me and a father and this. They didn't care. I was out of my ass. I wrote, Articles about it, very open about it. All the poker community was on my side. They mm-hmm. were like, there was a petition to bring AJ back. And uh, little by little, the next season, they had Gabe and a girl, it tanked. Then they had Gabe alone, horrible. Then they got rid of Gabe and brought Norm McDonald in, even worse. Wow. And the show went away. Wow. They had everything. We had, that's what this town does. Mm-hmm. It does, it just, so when you catch lightning in a bottle, you just gotta be so grateful that it happens. Mm-hmm. Because in a minute it can change. Mm-hmm. And that's the business, you know. It's not, it happens to thousands of people in this town. Not just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard not to be bitter. But I was bitter. But then as things got bad, I met my wife. <laughs> and um, suddenly I was like, really? I was 40 years old and I thought, I was thinking of suicide. I was thinking of, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I can't. You know, I can't. It was a girl I was dating. That was so gorgeous. She was, her name was Krista Allen. Mm-hmm. She's an actress. I mean, we dated, but not like, we, it was a more friendly kind of shit. But I, right. I love being with her. Uh huh. And then one night, I took her out, and she kept talking about George Clooney. 
And I happened to know George at that point. He was, uh -huh. we had hung out a few times and I had his number. Oh. And I said, I did. I said, <laughs> I called George oh when I went my. to get it. I said, get down to this place, Martini Lounge on Melrose. I said, I'm with a girl that is so gorgeous. All she's talking about is you. You're not going to regret this. He showed up, 1998, showed up with the hat on backwards, not shaved. They sat down with me and her. My nephew was there. They went out for the next two years. He took Get a, out of here. Was, that was his girl. I, I, I handed him this insanely gorgeous woman. When I was 40 years old, when everything ended, I said, this is it. I don't, I, I, this, I don't, should I, maybe I just should call it a wrap. And I was going to New York City to God knows what I wanted to do. And the phone rings at midnight on my birthday, June 2nd, and it's Krista Allen singing me happy birthday. Like Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, this is great. So she's singing. And in the middle of the song, George, she gets beat. And I go, what's that? She goes, oh my God, it's George. It's what should I do? I said, finish the fucking song and call him back. <laughs> and she did. And you know what? I said, that just happened to me. This beautiful girl is, she let George Clooney go. To, I mean, I, and something clicked in my head like, you know what, asshole? You're going to be okay. Like, People who want to commit suicide don't have this happen to them before they do that. So let, ride this out. And then, you know, That's 16 years story. later and about a week later, I went out to a club. I said, I'm done dating. I've dated everybody 15 fucking times. My friend said, can you get me in this nightclub in Hollywood? I said, I'll get you in and I'm going home. I got him in. I duked the doorman. As I do that, I see this girl with beautiful blue eyes like Liz Taylor. And I said, oh, Christ, I got to stay. <laughs> And we're looking at each other, and within an hour, we get to know each other, and the papa, it was her birthday, March 7th, and I told her girlfriend that night, I'm gonna marry your girlfriend. I love that. And six months later, we were married. I love that. And pregnant, that. and here we are, 15 years later. I love that. So, your darkest moment can become everything. This, this is important, this your, is really important. Your, 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 your darkest, I literally, I mean, I didn't have a plan to kill myself, but I was like, fuck this, fuck it. I, I, I looked at like all the things I'd done that I was proud of. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what, uh, I don't know, maybe that's it, maybe that's it. And I was kind of comfortable with that. I was okay with that, mm -hmm. I think. But I had no plan how to do it. Mm -hmm. I had plenty of drugs to fucking ingest. And then I see this girl, and you know what? The, my two kids, I mean, my God, I just, I wouldn't, I, my two kids are everything in the world to me. As are mine to me. Of course. They're and, in fact, my, my, Samantha, you're going to have to come in soon. <laughs> she's beautiful. She, she, Samantha um, uh, goes to NYU to Tisch, and mm. she's doing, uh, in three years, she's going to graduate. She's doing summer school now. She finishes on Friday. Oh, but she wow. took six units so that she could get done in three years. But That's anyway, great. she's a brilliant actress. And You're brilliant. She's a brilliant Stop. actress. You're brilliant. Do you know what Samantha got to do? What? She went to Waitress the Musical a few months ago, and they do like this karaoke contest at the end of the show where you just put your name down. She got picked. She got to go up. Her dream is to sing on Broadway. She got to go up. No, she's. I'm going to show it really? to you. Really? Fifty. She sang on Broadway. That's insane. Insane. And she killed it. And one of the and the guy, the star of the show, like tweeted out or oh he, he tweeted out that she killed it. Yeah. See those. There's. See those are the moments in life that you know. How old are you now? Twenty. Okay. 
You're gonna be 55, 70, 83, and you're still gonna remember that moment. Hell yeah. And here's the fucked up thing about it. I so tell my here so they can see you. I tell my day. kids about these moments, they don't care yet. They don't care yet. Like, no, they don't care. No. If How old are your kids? 14 and 10. Yeah, they don't. I care. tell them things, they kind of get it. They share my own too. They kind of get it, they don't get it, but it, it, look, this No, they can't get it that young. But this this whole thing of Hollywood and uh, it really is it, it's compiling moments. If you can stay alive and, and stay afloat in this town. And, and So how did you do? So you hit the bottom, you met your wife, you started to have kids. How did you how First did, thing I did when yeah. I had nothing? Yeah. I called Harvey Weinstein. I said I got no fucking money. It's my kid's birthday. He's 1 years old. She's 1 years old. I can't even get her a fucking present. He sent me 10 grand. So for all so the I, fucking, so for I, all the so raping I, he's I, done, I, I understand. Okay, so I, I have an allegiance to him. However, I understand. Uh, like I said, if you rape one girl, go to fucking jail. Yeah. But okay, I okay. Get it. So when you're down there, you got to yeah. find something to grab onto. Okay, so what were you I grabbing? I, I always can write. I wrote I wrote screenplays. I, I I optioned a couple of screenplays for five grand, ten Two grand. Books. The first book I wrote in two thousand, Fame Ain't a Bitch, was optioned by Harvey. It didn't become. Johnny Depp was attached. Wow. Then Jeremy Pippen was attached. Then it didn't happen. Then I wrote this job. This was the big one, if I can do it really quickly. Yes. When, don't, you don't, don't when do I was it. really on my ass. Okay, so this is 2010. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got... The poker show's over. There's no money coming in. I can't get a job in LA. I, you, when you need six or seven grand to run your household, you can't get a regular job and just fucking support right. you. So you're you're caught, and you're also a person who people know, mm-hmm. and the, you and I've I've been told and you can't you're work not going to work here. They're going, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I've been told you're not going to stay here. You're going to get a TV job right. and leave. You have right. to convince them. No, I hate TV. Right. I really want to sell fucking produce. <laughs> so I go. I have no money. I said to my sister Rosalie, who lives in Long Island in the house I grew up in, mm-hmm. Rosalie, got to come home. She's like, come on home. My wife, my two kids, wow. who were four, or, 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 or whatever, eight and uh, whatever, six and four back then. We go back to New York, back to Long Island. I'm sleeping in my old bed I grew up in as a kid. I'm a 50-year-old man. This is six years ago. I'm a 50-year-old man in the single bed I grew up in with my son, who's two. Oh, my God. Eight years ago. So I was 48. And my wife's in the other room with our daughter in a single bed. She goes to school across the street. The school I went to in the same wow. fucking classroom in second grade that I had, Miss Karasi. I drove wow. a cab, 14 hours a day. I worked at Best Buy. I put the blue shirt on with my fucking name on it. And as I'm selling TVs and driving a cab at Best Buy, guess what they're showing on the big screen TVs? They're showing Rocky Balboa, the movie I did in 2006. So I'm on TV at Best Buy while people are buying TVs, TVs from you. And I'm, and I'm the guy that gets it off the shelf and brings it out to the car and maybe I get a $2 tip. That's where I was. That's humbling. The I made, But while I was there, I'm in the yard I grew up in where my father had his grape barber in the garden and this and that. And I said, and it just brought back all these memories and I couldn't get away from the summer of 1974 where my father's brother, Larry, had a gay son. He had a gay son who was older who left and went to San Francisco. Now he has a 10-year-old kid. I was 12. His 10-year-old son was showing the same signs. 
and he called my dad distraught. Al, I feel like Gino has got brain damage too. They call it brain damage. He's going the same way as Larry. Can you help me? Can you take him to your house? Can you, can you have him for the summer? You know, can you stick ball and, 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 and AJ and you and the way you, just because we had the loud, crazy house. Can we change him? So this book was all about, can we take this little kid and make him straight? And what ends up happening is, of course we can't. Mm -hmm. He ends up changing us mm -hmm. to accept him. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I wasn't in Long Island, I'm in the cab 14 hours a day, 100 degrees, writing these passages on a notepad wow. as I'm picking up people from the train station to this and that. I mean, life is just, you can't predict it. And now options, and now and it's will option. soon be a major And now I'm writing a screenplay with, for a producer. And uh, yeah, it'll be a movie. And I hope, I mean, there's still steps, but, but I, I've been commissioned to write the screenplay. <laughs> so when you're doing that, when you're driving the cab and you're working at Best Buy, are people like going... Yeah, that happened. People knew me. Of course. Of course. They're worse than people knew me. My in-laws, the first wife I talked to you about, my, my wonderful in-laws, Frank and Joe, you know, Frank and Josephine, one day they saw me at Best Buy and they didn't come near me. They left. They didn't want me to yeah. see that they saw me. I found out later, my sister said, you know, Frank and Joe saw you, but they didn't want you to know. So, you know, I mean, things like that happen. It's, uh, it's, but what did I do? I had no money. I would steal things at Best Buy from my little, my little son. There was a thing, there were things called Skylanders. There were these little, little fit action figures that cost like $14. And I'd stuff my socks with them before I left Best Buy every night. You know, your kids can't know. They don't know. They don't know what a Best Buy salary is. They were little babies. So I would bring home toys for them, rob, <laughs> rob the store. <laughs> you know, just it's just life is long and hard. Life's got teeth so and it bites back. So how did it turn around for you? It's still turning, man. I mean, you, I'm still turning a tanker around. You're not, I mean, you're, I'm not, you're not wealthy. Sleeping, but you're not sleeping. No, I, I, I've, got a, I've got a home in L.A. We rent a home. I've got to leave by January. That's the latest news. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to leave. Uh, I don't know. I'm healthy. I didn't get a phone call that I got cancer. My kids, my son's a great athlete. My daughter's in performing arts school. She sings and acts and dances. She's everything my father wanted to be when he left the Coast Guard that he couldn't be because of a job, because he had a family. She's everything I wanted to be but couldn't be because I was married. Life is great in that capacity. My kids are wonderful. They're happy, they're healthy. And what matters in your day right now? Is there anything more important or more beautiful than your daughter manning that camera and watching you do this show? No, there isn't. Of course not. So that's what it all comes down to. And the other stuff, do you think I won't drive a cab again if I have to? Of course I will. Of course I will. Okay, so so we're gonna wrap now. So highest dream moving forward. I mean, re really, as far as uh, I mean, yeah, you're writing the screenplay. So if you could orchestrate the next move that would that would bring you a joy like these other highs, what would it be? You know what I like a lot. I started my podcast, Famous a Bitch, a year ago, mm -hmm. and I met a childhood elementary school friend, Michael Agavino, we know since we're 12 years old, we played Little League football, bumped into each other, Michael always did well, he's got a big old house in Toluca Lake, you know, 
Very well. And we bumped into each other. We lost touch after college. Mm -hmm. What are you doing, AJ? What are you doing, Mike? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm thinking of doing a podcast. It was right after I did your show, mm -hmm. kind of. And he I, said, I, I remember that. that I was talking about it. it. Yeah, yeah. And he said, That's, I'm starting a company to do podcasts. Really? And he said, what would you talk about? Now, Mike didn't know about my crazy stories, uh -huh. my, my, my brushes with greatness and right. people. So when I started telling him stories, okay, we got a show. So to be in business now with my friend since I'm 12 years old, to talk to him every day, and then my other buddy, Kenny, put a bunch of money in the company. Mm -hmm. I'm back with the boys I played in the schoolyard with at 12 years old. That is crazy. And there's nothing better in the world. I, I, I can't explain to you. They know when I'm off. They know when I, it doesn't sound right. But when we were first starting this, right. they both said, honest, LA people would say, great, you sound great. <laughs> they said, something's wrong. You don't sound right. You sound nervous. Just fucking honesty. So now we're at this for a year. All I want is to grow the podcast, and it's growing, and I want to have this outlet every, every. I do it three days a week. Mm -hmm. um, I want to keep writing. I'm writing my third book right now about all my brushes with these famous people from John Gotti to Sylvester Stallone to Patty Davis to Carrie Fisher, all my stories. Mm -hmm. There's another script I have that's close to being a go, uh, and there's this screenplay. I just, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be remembered. You know, the things we do like this, the podcast and the things we, you're doing, it's it disappears. It's in the air. You can't hold it. But I always like this kind of stuff. I like this. This shows, we got those. This shows we live. This shows, this means my family existed, your family, your mother did this. I like to know if there's a nuclear war, somebody can grab these things and say, oh, these people, they existed. AJ and Vicky, they did this. I like that. So I want to do more of these. And they don't make money, but I don't but care. I don't need I don't care. I don't no. care. This book was a, this book was fifty thousand dollars. You know, uh, the option of is five grand. The, writing the script will be another thirty or forty. It ain't the kind of money that you can do anything but just be happy. Mm -hmm. Maybe have a nice vacation, pay off your bills. Make sure that's all I care about. I don't need to do. No, I'm 56. I, I, I'm not. I don't have the big house in Sherman Oaks. I, you know, I, I, I don't have those pressures. But I really, more than anything, I really want my wife to enjoy the fruits of your husband was successful. That's. I feel like she hasn't gotten the fruits of that. That bugs me. That bugs. Now she's not asking for it, but that bugs. I want her. I'm not going to say material things, but I, can't, I, I think I mean that. I want, because when I talk to, you know, I have thousands of people who listen to my show, that feeds my ego. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to take that and feed her. Mm -hmm. I want to feed her. I like that. I'm good. I'm good. I did enough. And from now on in, it's about my kids. It's all about my kids. I want, they're going to let them shine, let them start. Tell them what you did right before you came here tonight. I cook dinner every night for my family. Cooked Always cook dinner. He was late Always. for the podcast. Almost late. Because late. Yeah. He had to I was cooking ramen. I was cooking. Not was like cooking ramen. ramen. I didn't get fake ramen in the fucking mm -hmm. wrapper, which I've eaten, believe me. But no, I did the real ramen with the soft boiled egg and the mushroom mm -hmm. and the pork and the scallions. I did it right. Um, cooked yeah. dinner for your kids every night, right? I cooked dinner every night. 
Every Not night. like me. <laughs> We're Jews make reservations. It's That's all right. right. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible that way. AJ, um, I don't care if we don't agree on anything um, because we agree on what's important and uh, that's all that matters. Fuck and politics, I, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, look, of course it matters, but has anybody's life, has your life really changed from Nixon to Trump? We're not talking about this. I mean, We're going to really, stop now. Really changed. Like, <laughs> what, what happened? Did you lose your house? Did you lose... Things that change your life is not, is not who's in the White House. It bugs us, it gives us agita, we argue, but that's not what really changes our lives. We, we make it so, and the TV shows make us think, this is the biggest story ever. It's not. We all get through it. Yeah, except for the kids that are separated from the family. But I'm not even going to go there. You mean I'm the not kids whose yeah, parents yeah, send them through the yeah, fucking I'm, desert I'm, I'm, without I'm, them? Yeah, okay, we're not going to have I want to send no, 23 and me to the border to see if these kids really have those people as their parents. And I guarantee you half of them don't have Okay, by the way, before we go, I have to say a word. I went to, uh, Samantha and I went to the taping of Will and Grace last night. Oh, and, wow. And uh, because um, my stylist, Craig Ames, is the wardrobe guy, does wardrobe on Will and Grace. And my hairdresser, Nicole Venables, who has the Ruby Begonia Salon, who had just oh, dressed my hair two days ago. Uh, we went and she was doing Megan Mullally's wigs last night on the set. And, uh, and she is, uh, she's got these great products and you can get them at Friends, uh, oh God, I, I'm gonna screw this up now. Friends Friendsbeautysupply.com, uh, Ruby Begonia. And then, AJ, yeah. if you need anything printed, Okay. I mean anything. Uh -huh. My guy, if you need business cards, if you need bookmarks, he made these things. He made all of the, he does everything. Rick Smulky, Quick Impressions in Chicago. Printer. He is, but, he, but you know what he is? He is a stellar human being. Mm -hmm. He has never What's charged. What's his name? Rick Smulky. I'm okay. going to give you his information. Right. He has never charged a musician to do this CD covers. He, he does everything for philanthropy. He's on like 15 boards. He, He's just, he's the salt That's of the terrific. earth. And anybody who is a friend of ours, he will do whatever you need for you. He's and he's just a beautiful human being. Yeah. So Rick Smokey, quick impressions. And if you guys out there uh, need anything printed, you get in touch with Rick Smokey and he will take care of you because any friend of mine is his friend, truly. That's true. Um, and you are a friend of mine, and I'm so grateful for that. I love you. you. I love you. Thank you so much. Sorry, I have ramen breath. No, no. A lot no. of garlic in that ramen. No. <laughs> I do a lot would of garlic. Love it. A lot of she, garlic. In she loves the garlic. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm on the Jenny Craig. Don't ask. Yeah. I haven't eaten in it's three great. weeks. Great. Yeah, I've got a long way to go. No. So next week, um, Jimmy Brogan, uh, who uh, worked was on the the Tonight Show with. With John, with Scott. But with Jimmy worked with Jay, was the head writer for Jay Leno oh, for wow. a gazillion years. Mm. Hysterical comedian, so he'll be here next week. A lot of great people are coming up, and um, um, I'm blanking, but Women Who Write on July 31st, Michael Imperial. Those are great. I want to. Oh, the 31st. I'm it's Tuesdays during the day. Oh, he, uh, I'm I telling love you, his, his new book, um, The Perfume Got in His Eyes, I, I got the audiobook because I wanted Michael really? to read it to yeah, me. Yeah. It's on his act. I mean, he acted all the whole time. And opening for Michael is this kid, Jules Galley. He's a 24 year old French singer songwriter. He mm. is, everybody's saying he's the next Michael Jackson. He's tall oh, and yeah? gorgeous. Really? An unbelievable performer. He is gonna, and he has an electric violin player, Koya Nuda, who 
when Anunta, who gave up being a doctor to play electric violin with Jewel, she's unbelievable. Un it's going to be an But did he work at Best Buy and drive a cab? <laughs> Anybody can be a doctor and a violinist. <laughs> anyway, so a lot of good stuff coming up. Thank That's you so great. much. And so, Fame. Fame is a bitch on iTunes. It's on three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, maybe it's maybe going to be a fourth day we might think of adding. Wow. Uh, we, we're doing some things, maybe Patreon, but you, you can't miss it. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I, I put the link in the in the okay, good. stuff. Yeah, they'll find it. In the recap of this yeah. show, you'll be able to get the links to yeah. to seventy four and Sunny and to Fame. Great, is a bitch. Is Thanks a, a lot. Bitch. I love I, you. I'm always ready to say Fame ain't it a bitch. Uh, and that's, well, that's why. I, I that's said, why I, I always stop myself. That's all right. It is a how bitch. Can you how can because you change uh, it? they were nervous that maybe we'll get sued. I'm not going to sue you. But famous bitch is quicker. It's fine. It is. It's, it it's is. Easy. It's, it's, it's yeah, a good title. It's good. It's good. We'll see you next week on the road. Taken. Thanks, Samantha. See ya.